Hello and thank you for listening to the podcast. We appreciate it and we appreciate a lot of help from a lot of people uh, all throughout this journey. So we've got a couple of shout outs we're going to make here. The first shout out being to Beck Sutton, the graphics designer who is designing our logo. Uh, she is the creator and owner of Primal Studios, which can be found on Facebook. Or if you go to primalst.com, you'll be able to find her work there. And she is fantastic at what she does. Yeah, and the second shout-out we'd like to make is to Andrew Stanton, composer of uh, the song Escape the Oppression, which is the kick-ass song for our intro. We love the song, we love the dude. You can check out more of his stuff on uh, soundstripe.com, where there's plenty of songs by plenty of other artists as well, uh, where you can license for podcasts. So go check it out, and uh, yeah, see what's on there, and see what you can use. Stay frosty. Hello and welcome to the songs that made us, the podcast that likes to fuss hotly about a town called Sam. And you are here with me. <laughs> Sorry, Jake, Jake's, Jake's laughing now because I that reference flew right over my head. I have no idea what you're on about. Do you not? No. I thought you would, and I wouldn't. <laughs> what? Of course you would know because you've said oh, it. Really? <laughs> uh, the killers. Oh, mate, I'm not that big of a fan of the killers. Oh, you, you've completely misjudged this. <laughs> <laughs> I still I reckon we maintain that that's the intro. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, go with the flow. I mean, it either lands for someone or, or it doesn't. <laughs> it definitely didn't for me. Oh, it came out of left field at least. <laughs> I've been sitting on that one for weeks. <laughs> My brain pan just, like, manifesting itself. You made the I've... biggest mistake, um, think, like, trying to pander to me and everything flies right over my head man as we've already established i don't even notice when you change your hair color well yeah that's a fair point so my <laughs> hair has been blue for all of the recording so far it's now green and he's only noticed it because i pointed it out but you are here of course with me jake hughes and connor reed hello uh, just slightly back on track <laughs> um so today's a bit of a, a bit of a special episode we decided to set ourselves a little bit of a challenge um just so we could record a couple of extra bits where we didn't have to sort of try and bring people in and so we just record ad hoc more than anything um but the challenge we set ourselves is to basically go through our music likes albums we listen to a lot and try and find the most obscure obscure album or artist that we can find yeah and so basically this is our biggest attempt yet at being unaccessible as possible uh because not only is it just us two talking and being self-indulgent again but we've gone for obscure albums, and we both managed, I think, to go with two of the most obscure albums you could possibly go for. Well, uh, I, I would be really surprised if anyone listening to this <laughs> has heard of either of them. The first, the first thing I did when you picked your album was I did Google it to see if they had a Wikipedia page, and then I would have gone, "Haha, I've won in the most obscure category." But it didn't have a wiki, so no. I was like, "No, you, you no. can't." With the album I picked, you can't even find lyrics online. No. Whereas with mine, you can, but that's because the artists <laughs> put the lyrics up themselves on the videos. Well, with yours, I think I, the, the only way I found your album in the end, because you sent me a drive with the album, but it didn't work when I clicked on it. So I managed to find it on YouTube 
and I think I found it on the band's YouTube. It is, yeah. Account, and they have <laughs> what is it? I think it's yeah, seventy four subscribers. <laughs> the band's not even active anymore, so. <laughs> but so yeah, this is going to be pretty much our our hipster wankathon. Yeah, <laughs> where we prove how niche we are. But to be honest, it, it, I think we've picked two really good albums here. I mean, uh, not to toot our own horn. So if we can get some exposure for them and broaden people's music taste, oh, it's, it's not going to matter. Why not? It's not, not going to matter for my band. They're dead. <laughs> <laughs> That's the thing. <laughs> the band's gone. Their mm. last show was in 2015. Fair. I mean, you can go back and listen to their other stuff. I mean, the artist I pick, unfortunately, had <laughs> has actually passed away as well. He's dead. <laughs> so um. Uh, which isn't the laughing matter. I'm only um, uh, chuckling from the last joke. God, <laughs> that, that's bad, isn't it? We've already started. Yeah. We're laughing at people dying. Like Bowie, we said, we're making this was perfect. <laughs> like we said, we're making this as inaccessible as possible. Let's let's see how we can do this. I think it'll be impressive to make a podcast. <laughs> oh, this <laughs> unreachable. <laughs> it's only going to get worse, folks. I promise. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> who do, who do I uh, who do I who do I victimize today? <laughs> <laughs> well, it's probably going to be me, isn't it? Because like because we don't have a guest, this this would be an interesting one because you've gotten into a habit lately of just taking the piss out of me in front of someone else, um, <laughs> which is oh, fine. That, that which is only, fine. That was only the one episode. So uh, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> which may or may not be released by this time. Episode. <laughs> and I, as established, I was on sleeping tablets that day. That night we recorded. Sleeping tablets make you aggressive. They <laughs> don't necessarily make me aggressive. Not as, not as aggressive as Volker's made me in the past. Do <laughs> <laughs> that. Do that. Yeah, I thought I threw right hooks. <laughs> <laughs> but um, well, what we'll do, we'll go into the first episode. Uh, first episode? First album. Yes. This is an episode. We're already doing an episode. Yes. Nice to, nice to have you here, Jake. <laughs> welcome, welcome back. Back on track. <laughs> Remember all the way back on the very first episode when I said I want people to recognise my intelligence? Well, mm. they're recognising something right now, and it's not my intelligence. It's it's my <laughs> dim-witted nature. So dim-witted that I can't even dye my hair properly. It's, it's not intelligence. It's just pure confidence <laughs> and just rolling with it. I'll roll with it, but I, I, I wouldn't necessarily describe myself as confident. I would describe <laughs> myself as, at best, Weasley. <laughs> <laughs> Best Weasley. <laughs> I don't know what at worst would be, but at worst is is a horrifying visage in my mind. Hmm. <laughs> but the first album we're going for is an album released in 2011. It's an album called Creaturette by the Mad Young Darlings. Well, Mad Young Darlings, not the Mad Young Darlings. Just Mad Young Darlings. And I wanted to go for this album, A, because with all the albums we've picked so far, we've been a right sausage fest. Well, yes, yeah, fair. In, all male singers so far, mm-hmm. apart from a very special show potentially coming up. Um, so I wanted to go for a a female-led band yes. with fantastic vocals, and I didn't want to do something that I would hate, like Paramore, you know. Yeah. Or I didn't fancy going all the way back in time and doing uh, Evanescence either, because none of those are obscure. Those are yeah. all... No, I mean, we could go for, like, Stevie Nicks or anything like that, but that, that's uh, against the point of uh, this episode. Well, I wish Stevie Nicks was a bit more obscure. Why? Why would you wish that? <laughs> uh, she had some. She had some good stuff. But what? What? What's wrong like, with you? 
I just always, I just always. She's one of the most celebrated like female artists of all time. And you're like, yeah, she's done some all right stuff. <laughs> I was for a Jefferson airplane, or Jefferson Starship, whatever you want to call them, whichever. Yeah, White Rabbits better than better than Dreams or Lies. Mm, don't agree. White Rabbit is a fantastic song. Okay, don't agree. No, no, it's a good song. But... It's a perfect LSD song. <laughs> so yes, and this album is Creatureette by uh, Mad Young Darlings. Indeed, it is. Yeah, and it's a fantastic album. Mm. Dare I say it off the bat? It is a phenomenal album. I love it dearly. Um, unfortunately, as I've already said, the band doesn't exist anymore, which is a bit of a shame because they had a hell of a sound, considering this is their first album. Um, but I think they're from, I could be wrong here, I think they're from Canada. Okay. I was actually so, going to ask where they're from because I couldn't pin it down when listening to it. I, I, I thought uh, a more general sort of American because they remind me, uh, to, at risk of doing some polls like really early, they remind me a lot of... Um, the sound of like bands like shine down or uh even avenge sevenfold they have hints of that sort of stuff with also some mixed in stuff like uh um uh your lincoln parks with uh certain yeah. production values and stuff so i thought it was genuinely a more american um sound um i wasn't yeah. sure yeah no they're definitely they're definitely from canada i've just double checked um so they're from winnipeg manitoba canada Okay, cool. Yeah, and but they, really hard, cool band. Really hard, cool band. Yeah, so in continuing the same theme that we've gone for on every episode so far, all my polls always seem to be have a harder edge. Now, bear in mind, I had three bands to pick from mm. when I thought of the idea. So I was going to go for Say Yes, yes. who are also a Canadian band. Mm-hmm. Um who have uh, Ratbeard, uh, Jordan Hastings from uh, Alex Sunfire, Alexis Sunfire, whatever you yeah. want to call them, yeah. um, who's also the drummer for Billy Talent at the moment. Yeah. Who I saw supporting Billy Talent, which I felt sorry for Jordan Hastings on account of he had to play that, the support set, then go off and, and then, then come, come back, back on. Back on. <laughs> <laughs> which isn't the easiest gig in the world mm. on account of Billy Talent being hard asses. But um but I thought they they were slightly more known just because of the Jordan Hastings connection. Yeah. So and the fact that Ian Dessar, uh produced some of that their debut album as well. Well, fair. Yeah, he he does a lot of production. He does I think he does some of the production on the Billy Talent stuff nowadays as well. Oh really? Good on mm. him. Yeah, and Ian Dessar for anyone who's listening, which as we've probably established is me and Connor. There. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Uh, he's a phenomenal guitarist, phenomenal songwriter, ph- mm. phenomenal backing vocalist, but also really great at production and pushing the uh, Say Yes into different directions with their songwriting. Um, but we're not talking about Say Yes anyway. So <laughs> the, other, <laughs> the other band would have been the Indelicates, but again, they've actually got a wiki page. So <laughs> that was yeah, if, uh, yeah. <laughs> not quite obscure enough. <laughs> no, although again, they are fairly obscure. Yeah. Um, but we'll be talking about them at some point and in much greater yeah and in much greater depth i don't want to uh, you know i don't want to hint at the future or possibly the past depending when this is released this one that's a very good point yeah yeah just just thought we're recording this before we record anything else but the indelicates should be coming up and we should be talking about them a lot more um but so this album this was the 
the first one that came to my mind when I thought obscure oh my young darlings nobody knows them mm. um and it's really tenuous how I know of them as well okay explain let me take a drag of my cigarette and I will <laughs> this is more important god damn it mm. um so for people who know me I'm a massive Kevin Smith fan mm. and a massive fan of the whole viewers universe and his films and his podcasts and you know his podcast being stuff like uh, Fat Man on Batman, um, which has changed now because Kevin Smith has lost a lot of weight. But um, also things like uh, Hollywood Babylon, which he does with Ralph Garman. But one of the podcasts that he uh, has only appeared on a couple of times is a podcast called Tell Him Steve Dave, which is a poll from Morats. I think it's the first time it was used, mm. which is with the Steve Dave from that film uh which is brian johnson who and walt flanagan who are two of his like lifelong friends yeah uh but also has brian quinn from the impractical jokers back before he was an impractical joker or before yeah was picked up uh when he was just a fireman in new york or staten yeah. island um but they used to do a thing so they've they're a massive podcast nowadays like they've run for close to 400 episodes uh, much much further than we have but <laughs> they they started doing a thing and i can't remember when it roughly was i can't remember which episode it was on even um but they started at the end of their shows they were playing unsigned band yeah it's a really uh, lovely idea really really great idea to sort of give um bands an opportunity to get some exposure and and uh to, for people to check out new music it's, it's nice mm. well especially when it's being unsigned bands as well like obviously it's Partially because they can get away with playing those songs on there. Yeah, of course. Which which helps. Um, but yeah, it does bring more listeners to those bands. Um, so the song they played was the sixth song sixth song on this album, which is Swarm. Yeah. Uh, which is a hard-hitting song. It's very hard. It's very hard, very fast. Um, so I heard that and went, holy shit, what's this song? This is yeah. grabbed by the balls. Let's find mm. out. And it's the thing of, well, like, I don't want to get into a sexism debate here or a sexism conversation so much. Yeah. I think our views on it are clear. People should be equal. Although the temptation to say outright offensive stuff is always in the back of my mind. So. Oh, no, no, no. Carry on. You're on a good roll there. There's no need. <laughs> I'll be opening this door. Is it safe? Um, <laughs> I think it's safe to say for the majority. And I think this goes both ways, or at least it has from my experience with some of my friends. Most people will majority listen to artists or albums by artists who are of their own gender because it's easier to hook yourself into it. It's easier, easier to put yourself in those shoes with the lyrics. Yeah, because it's I, coming I from yeah, yeah, yeah. It's so, a broad statement, but I can understand uh, where the psychology goes into it, yeah. It's not unfounded. So one of my best friends... It's wrong to say one of my best friends is female, goddammit. Um, <laughs> one of my best friends is female. She's a pain in the ass, but she's female nonetheless. Mm. Um, but her view is she only really loves listening to bands who are female-led. Yeah. Because it speaks more to her than... Same, and I think looking if we look through sort of you know, our Spotify, our album collections, the majority is going to be made up by male-fronted bands. Yeah, uh, I would definitely agree that that's that's probably the case with me, and and not for any particular reason. That's just the way it's sort of ended up. But yeah, it, it could have a lot to do with, um, I mean, yeah, relatable experience. And you, you listen to music that speaks to you, and it's bound to speak to you more if people are more similar to you. 
I mean, it's also <clears> that <throat> and sexism within the music business in general. Mm. Yeah, I well, mean, that's that's very true. I mean, like, uh, from our point of view, well, just for, for a fact, I would say it's not uh, a broad statement to say that, in general, more male-led bands and more male-led music just gets out there more. And if you look at the all-time biggest artists, they're going to be mostly male um especially especially i find in rock yeah 100 percent, yeah um because you especially when you talk about sounds, rock and especially when you talk about rock as heavy as this as well oh god yeah because the bands you pulled from initially with like avenge linker park all that kind all male dominated bands yeah um but this one so the easy comparisons draw would be paramore evanescence bands like that just because yeah. it is female led but yeah. musically i would 100 go for something like shine down yeah completely i said so like uh yeah we shouldn't go into those sort of comparisons with those other bands and uh, other bands like wolf alice and stuff with female led singers just because these guys just don't sound anything like them and it, her voice um i don't know the lead singer of um uh Darling. Come on, <laughs> we're doing this. Yeah, yes, yeah, uh, I. Don't, I don't know her uh, her name, but her voice is amazing, and it's so different to all of them. I don't think she she does sound uh, like any of those uh, vocalists who are all excellent in their own right as well. But I don't think she sounds anything like them at all. Um, if anything, also, I I actually get um, some uh, when I was listening to her, I get a lot of comparisons to some like hard eighties um, heavier stuff when I hear her voice. I think it's a sort of it's musically going back to the music side of it for a minute. It's a weird mix of things. So you can pull from sort of thrash era metal of the 80s. Mm. Um, you can also pull from heavily from new metal of the 90s um, with the, like, the low tune guitars. Yeah. Clunking riffs. Not much in the way of solos going on. But the guitar no. works always there and always present. Yeah. Yeah. And there's some amazing riffs or that are going on in the background. Um that uh they really stand out when they do when they do play um, well and the lead singer is uh natasha reske naroki and I'm yeah prob- have, i've probably butchered that name fair <laughs> but her voice is amazing and uh, her vocal the choices she makes in the songs are excellent like because it was the one thing and we've already kind of touched on it when we're talking about the fact that it pulls from all these different kind of genres is that this album doesn't have a Mm, no that's unfair to say it does have a consistent sound going through it but the songs they they play around with different genres of of rock and of heavy metal and like with the with the lincoln park comparison that you pulled earlier was that more because of the sort of dance or electronic beats they have in some of the songs yeah and it's specifically the second song which is underling i think uh, yeah. i think that was the song um where it has this almost like drum and bass um yeah. background drums and like which really shocked me um because you go from the first song which is a very hard heavy very much like um shine down sort of a lot of slides on the distorted guitar it's very very heavy and it's very it stands out good riffs and great singing um and then you go to the second song and it suddenly becomes like this like almost like enter shikari slash lincoln park like a uh, drum and bass backing track with much faster guitar and uh now she's choosing to sing she she's purposely choosing to sing out of tune sometimes and putting a lot of distortion onto her voice in a way that makes it kind of um 
feel very different to the first song and then later on in the album i think at the midway point you get into your much more straightforward hard rock and she's singing very melodically a lot like your paramours actually and then yeah there's certain songs like paraben paraphernalia and hard fanatic which uh there was a two of the middle songs so song seven and song eight yeah Uh, those are the more sort of straightforward but they still have the um, especially paraben paraphernalia that has more of the dance rock in the back or the dance beat in the background yeah um, underscoring the whole rock element but yeah her vocals are very much more straightforward on those two yeah and then uh, and then you also have a couple other songs that sound almost like corn like a lot like corn and have she sounds a lot like the lead singer from corn as well and i love it when they do that that's some of my favorite stuff on the album when it when it's a bit more interesting like because the whole album is really good but i will say it dips into on certain songs it dips into a more generic style uh with mm. it's sounding similar to stuff you've heard before but still done very well in a, in a very good way um and if you do listen to bands like shine down and stuff you'll really enjoy those tracks uh but then there's when they go into this more experimental um realm where it becomes a bit more insidious and it sounds like like i said it sounds a lot more like corn but it's still very different in its own right and she's playing around specifically because she's for me she's like the 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 focal point in this album um uh, i was paying attention to her most um everyone in the album is excellent but she is phenomenal and she plays around with the way she says certain words with consonants and she plays around with like i said dipping out of tune to evoke sort of this atmosphere or feeling and it works really well and that's when the music's the most interesting for me but they're very experimental on this whole album i've just realized why you're able to find lyrics right so if you go into genius.com do you want to know who transcribed all those lyrics who me <laughs> oh really <laughs> yeah i'd forgotten i'd done that <laughs> so, but... so the only reason you can find lyrics on this album is because you wrote them and put them out on there no, that's a bit of a lie. So I stole them from uh, YouTube. So YouTube right. has lyrics on there from the artist. Right. I dragged them and made sure they were on Genius as well so other people could find them. But I, I've only realised <laughs> realize that one. I was just having a quick look at some of the lyrics now and it's like, where's my name there? I don't remember <laughs> doing this. Um, but it would have been the same time because I did a bunch for the Cribs and I did some for Say Yes as well. Um, hmm. not, not very many, to be fair. But no creature app because I had all the lyrics there. It's like, well, makes sense. We'll put them on something. So if you find lyrics online on Genius.com, credit to your boy. <laughs> and you can thank there me later, like, darlings. I don't <laughs> ever hear this because you don't exist anymore. But, still. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, and that's that's such a shame, man, because you definitely hear in this album. This album's a great album in its own right, but you definitely hear they had so much potential. And they, they were playing around with some really interesting sounds that I would have loved to have heard them develop and make more of um uh yeah especially i, I just can't I, i've I, I couldn't get over her voice her voice was so interesting and so different and so good going back to her vocals for a minute why are you saying going back that's literally the last thing i said <laughs> it's because i stopped listening to you and i thought you had to move on <laughs> so i I was, just, I was just i was just glancing around my room just going oh yeah kind of still talking anyway this is what i want to say <laughs> professional <laughs> oh god i'm sorry guys i've i've fucked this one right up <laughs> if you're gonna do a podcast people the way to be professional is to listen to your co-host when he's talking because that yeah. way you know when you're gonna be coming in properly i told you this would be a bullying session 
but it's not even bullying. You're just you're just <laughs> you're just waiting for you you to talk, and then when I listen to this back, you would have edited me out completely. <laughs> oh, to be fair, you were rambling. I had to save it somehow. <laughs> but going back to the vocals, now I can use it because right. we've moved on. Okay. Going back, going back to the vocals. There's a particular song I want to talk about, um, which is serotonin. Mm. Which, as you all know, I love a good song about depression. Yeah. It always speaks <laughs> to me. But her vocal is in that song. You get to a certain point where it goes into a bridge and she's essentially singing about overdosing. You know, first yeah. one pill, then took two, blah, 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 blah. Until it goes on to, then I took five, no, then I took five, which led to ten, now I'll never be sad again. Um, when she starts singing the chorus again after that and goes into, you know, the serotonin makes me shake, her voice cracks perfectly. Yeah. And so I've always described it as a, it's probably the wrong word to use, but I would describe it as a more demented sound. Right. And it sounds like a person who is mad trying to sing it. It's like anguish. It's a, it's a lot of emotion put into it. And a lot of, you can tell there's a lot of passion put into the vocals in this album. Yeah, she's a phenomenal singer. Mm. I, I don't know how she could describe it. And you, again, the whole the whole album is a testament to that. So even though I pull out serotonin, just because I think the way she sings on it is interesting, it's a unique way of doing the vocals on it. Like mm. you could have done it generic rock, put a bit of distortion on your voice and sing it that way. But it's just the way it cracks is perfect. But you listen to sort of other songs like uh, Better New You, where she goes into the higher range of her vocals. Yeah. And you're like, oh, damn it. OK, she's got range. She's got skill. The way she sings is perfect. But also, I don't want this to be a session where we just sit there and go, that Natasha girl, really, really fucking good at singing and ignore the yeah. rest of the band. Yeah, the yeah, rest yeah. of the band are really, really good as well. Um, mm. Musically, as we already said, Korn is an extremely good poll. And not a poll I would have expected you to make, to be honest. Oh, mate. I'm pretty surprised. That's more a poll that I would go for. Like, I never, <laughs> I never pinned you down as a Korn fan. I like Korn. Korn are great. Although I would I would pay to hear them do like the scat vocals like from Freak on a Leash. <laughs> but she does she does go into these like glottal sort of sounds sometimes and that's where I yeah. really got that from. Well yeah, it's an interesting poll as well, because Jonathan Davis is I wouldn't necessarily say he's a unique vocalist, but the way he uses his voice is unique. Yeah. Well that, yeah, and that's that's what makes yeah, that's what makes corn corn. Here's an interesting factoid for you. Do you know what, and this is a corn factoid, uh, do you know what other band um, Jonathan Davis was related to? Or what other singer he's related to, sorry? No. He's the half-brother of Mark Chavez from Edema. No way. That's mad. Yeah. Um, so Edema, the band who did um, Giving In, The Way You Like It, things like that, they were sort of mm. somewhat big in like the early 2000s early to mid 2000s um but they also did yeah. the um theme for mortal Kombat. i want to say six which was a more so really yeah i didn't know uh, that yeah mate i'm full of i'm full of these facts <laughs> you just know all of these random things <laughs> i do um i'm gonna see which more combat it was now it's more combat deadly alliance i know that much right, but yeah. i can't remember like where it is in the fucking list of mortal Kombat okay. games it's been far too many i think mortal Kombat deadly alliance was like a big enough game that you don't need to to say whether it was the sixth or seventh one. I think it was the fifth. 
right. <laughs> well, that changes everything. <laughs> I'm trying to say, because I can't remember if it was their first one on PS2 or whatever, but it would have been around that sort of time. So I'm going to go fifth, and that'll be my final answer, all right? So <laughs> yeah. where's my million quid? <laughs> but yeah, I think if you're into, like, um, bands like Korn or or Nine Inch Nails and, and that sort of stuff, I think... Yeah, some of the songs on this album you, you'll really dig and you'll really they'll really grab you and I think you'll be listening to them like not just once and think they're great but you'll 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 add them to your top of your playlist and you'll listen to them as much as you listen to those other bands it, it's it's really really good it's such a shame that they're actually so un, unknown I couldn't find any information about who did the production either which is a shame because the production mm. on that album is phenomenal yeah Everything sounds crisp. Everything sounds clear. My only my only complaint about it, and this again might be because I tend not to listen on headphones too much, mm. um, but the bass is really low down on the mix, apart from uh, a couple of songs. Fair. I mean, I don't know if I paid attention that much, but I didn't notice that when I was listening to it through headphones. Oh, bear in mind, I've been listening to this album for years. So yeah, yeah fair, fair. <laughs> I've had a lot more listens on it. But yeah, the bass is always quite low down on the mix, which when you want to transcribe the bass part is a pain in the ass. But also because they're, they're fantastic songs, I want to play along with them. Mm. <laughs> but, and, I've got, and I've got a terrible year, despite playing for, what, 14 years, 15 <laughs> years almost. I, I, hey, yeah, man, it's sometimes yeah. it's sometimes it's hard uh, just to get that from listening to a song. And, and also like with this album, uh, the guitar is so big and so loud. That it's Yeah, the guitar is definitely the thing that's driving it mm. all the way through the songs mm. it's guitar rock just yeah, without yeah, yeah. just without the bon jovi-esque solos or the rich sambora solos whichever however you want to say it yeah <laughs> you know, yeah a lot of that, a lot of like real strong chords and a lot of um sliding uh really recognizable riffs uh, they do a good job of making the songs like i said it has a cohesive this the album has a co- cohesive sound but none of they do a good job of making the songs sound quite similar to each other, but not too similar. It it, it got on the verge of being uh, the the song sounding a bit samey, but I think they saved it with every song on this track. Well, it's also um, lyrically as well. So I don't know if it's the lead singer who writes the lyrics or if it was the rest of it, or if it's a sort of effort in unison with the whole band, but the um, the lyrics are all quite poetic in the way mm. they're written um it's hard to explain so they're not quite as say poetic as morrissey mm. but they they evoke a sort of a more literal styling so um like brand new with dejan to new yeah, yeah yeah it's a lot like that if we're gonna pull back to a potential previous episode yeah um but if you listen to songs like swarm it's you know Go to your, get back to your basement and toy with your flame whip. Let them all die. Let them all. I swear to God. I swear to God. I. Yeah, um, it's, a, it's a lot it's not, of imagery and it's a lot of like evoking um sort of the past and not even like recent past, but going I right s- back into history to to make reference to to make things more relatable today. It, it adds a, it adds a grandeur to it, I suppose. Well, yeah, and you going back to swarm. You got you know our skin our skin keeps all our secrets tight. Like this one's tight underneath mine. It's not the web pulls you'd usually expect from just a normal, straightforward song. Yeah. Like, if I was looking at literal choices and, you know, English A-level student here, guys, or former <laughs> A-level student, I got something in it. I think I got a D. So take it <laughs> take it for what you will. 
Although my my A levels did have the odd irony of spelling out the word dud. <laughs> I got a D. I got a D in drama. U in IT because I didn't do any work, and a D in English. So but you're so intelligent, Jake. I know, but hey, <laughs> intelligence isn't only measured academically. Ah, right, fair, fair. That's true. I could I could fucking A plus every every subject if I went back now. <laughs> apart apart from maths, science. <laughs> <laughs> stuff like that stuff like all of the all, all of them <laughs> put it this way I, I i would need the willpower to <laughs> to even go back into those blessed halls of youth <laughs> sometimes called estover <laughs> so i wonder like so i get the idea from this album as well that this was a long time project as in they didn't make all of these songs for this album they're they're songs that they've been making for years and years and years and then put together as their first album which is the case for most bands i suppose oh it's but, fairly typical isn't it your debut album is always your easiest in a way because yeah. you've already got the songs that you've been touring yeah i mean uh, but like which is why we've never made it <laughs> but obviously like uh it can go one of either way i mean some people make a concept album as their first album i mean like when we go back to what we last talked about when it was just us two with the stone roses they basically um they set out to make an album it did take them some time but they weren't they weren't necessarily like just making songs and then went yeah well, now we can put together an album sort of thing well i think whenever whenever anyone sets out you always set out to make an album and dominate the world mm, at least that was yeah. always my goal even when we were yeah, back yeah, in, in Greece, <laughs> I still assumed we were going to take over the world somehow. Um, <laughs> but yeah, you always have that in mind, but you just know that the touring aspect and writing the songs is, you've got to do it in order to make yourself interesting. Because if you're just going out and being a cover band. Yeah, completely. It's just uh, the reason I bring it up is because, like I said, um, it does sound like they were toying around with their sound quite a bit. And uh, on this album, like, um, I love it because of that. Um but I wonder whether that could be uh, uh, a bit weird for someone listening to it, is that they, they, they do play around with their sound a lot. And it, it, I mean, it does play it, around with, not doesn't necessarily play around with full genre, but it plays around with like minute details in the genre. As somebody who, you know, I'll hands down say that one of my favourite albums of all time is like Unjustice for All, where it's straight straight heavy metal all the way yeah. through and full of anger. Crash all the way through sort of thing, yeah. Exactly, yeah. And, you know, other albums like Outcome the Wolves by Rancid and, mm. you know, um, I'm trying to think what other albums I like. I like music, people. I like music in all its forms, <laughs> apart from dance, pop and shit and George Michael <laughs> <laughs> I like music in all its forms apart from those forms and the Beatles I hate the Beatles but uh, no that that's could... so you're so wrong you're so I'm, wrong I'm laying it out here the Beatles the Beatles are wank you're wrong they sold black man's music you're so wrong and also that's really insensitive <laughs> they did <laughs> prove me wrong little Richard was doing shit better than them before they were doing it Fair, um, but no, but I'm not. Uh, but it's I'm not claiming that the Beatles were original, but I'm claiming that they were still fucking amazing. Nah, fuck Paul McCartney. All right, whatever, mate. That's my new one. I'm going bigger on this one. I've forgotten about Tom Morello. I'm going straight to the top. I'm going to yep. Macca himself. Like we said, we set out to make this inaccessible. So, <laughs> well, to be fair, I think we're approaching it like the BBC. So we've got the neutral <laughs> sound point here. You've got me who's fucked the Beatles, and we've got you who's pro Beatles. Mm. <laughs> I, just, I just think they're overrated. Wow. And having to 
having to listen to the notion that they're this greatest band of all time nah there are better bands around it you gotta take into we're, we're going on a massive tangent and an argument but um you gotta take into account that you're listening to it so many years after it is made <laughs> like yeah there's uh music that doesn't that stop probably... me like that doesn't stop me liking sabbath it doesn't stop me liking a uh, deep purple it doesn't stop me liking led zeppelin or the Hague. no but you could potentially say the same things is that you could say well yeah but they weren't they're not that all original or other people have done it better since or you know i mean you've got to look at it through the lens of time like yeah you don't like straightforward rock and roll as much as most people so you don't necessarily think that they're the amazing band that so many other people do but that's because you're not a fan of that genre and because you're not motherfucker (laughs) how can you defend that well the the lyricism (laughs) no (laughs) john lennon was a wife-beating asshole oh wow (laughs) (laughs) he was that's fact he did beat yoko ono and i know some people listening going good but (laughs) you don't beat women oh yeah no no of course you. that's not a good thing again like we had this conversation before the podcast started but like whether you like someone as a human we talked about it before as well whether you like someone as a human being or not you can like their music separately i mean one of my favorite bands as we've already established loads of times is the stone roses but i can condone that uh ian brown is so arrogant and i completely understand if no one likes him i'm not sure if i met him personally i'd like him but i think his music's great not as arrogant as lennon and mccartney but you, I still think their music's great. <laughs> That's my I, point. It's whether I you don't. like them as human beings. <laughs> I can never get into their music. And to be fair, yeah, like with the stuff that I love, it's always harder. But if you ask, if you were to ask Lemmy if he was still alive, you know, rest his soul. Lemmy was a god. Yeah. But if you were to ask Lemmy, like, you know, what does he envisage himself as? He would say rock and roll, and he'll always say that Little Richard was one of his favorite artists of all time. Yeah. He wouldn't, yeah, he wouldn't sit there and go, oh yes, well, come together, it really made me. Probably because yeah. he wind at the time, but you know. <laughs> but of course, they, there are a load of artists out there that would say that. <laughs> yeah, but those artists need to have their brains examined. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> that's, that's my view on the whole matter. <laughs> you, aren't, you aren't winning this argument. I've got a small legion behind me. <laughs> All right, bet. <laughs> of like maybe two people who are anti Beatles. Um, although I'm more, I'm probably more anti McCartney solo stuff or stuff with the wings. Yeah, that's fair. I mean, like I, with me. Maybe I'm just more diplomatic than you, but I, I would turn around and say, like, <laughs> I, I, uh, I'm not a fan of McCartney's solo stuff as well. It's like with um, George Michael. I don't like George Michael's stuff, but I wouldn't turn around and say it's shit or overrated because people do love it for good reason. <laughs> That's why it's overrated. <laughs> That's the thing. If people didn't love it, I wouldn't have an issue with it. <laughs> Any, anything you don't like is overrated. <laughs> not necessarily. I don't like Rihanna. And she's overrated. Yeah, <laughs> no, I, it's the thing of because like growing up and getting into music and becoming a musician myself, you always hear, well, the Beatles are the most important thing to happen to rock music. No, the blues was. The blues was the most important thing to happen. And then following that rock and roll with, like I said, Little Richard, that those are the keystones. Yeah, the but then the Beatles are another keystone. And then you just like, weigh right. you, you weigh the importance of it depending on your own per- personal preference but you can't deny that they're a keystone I that's can't. like saying i don't like like that's like if someone said they don't like nirvana you go fair enough but you can understand the impact they made nirvana made a bigger impact than the beatles did nirvana that's, just... that's so con- that's so wrong <laughs> no nirvana changed an entire soundscape the beatles didn't 
the Beatles took what was already there. They played their own stuff, but other bands came up around at the same similar sort of time as them. And they were much more influential on the music going forward. No, but but people wouldn't say that. Like if you look at bands, so many bands since the Beatles, they would personally rec- They would personally say the Beatles were a massive influence. And then you also got to look at cultural impact as well. The Beatles clearly had a massive cultural impact. That's just history, and that's just true. No, I don't take my cultural leads from a bunch of scousers. <laughs> <laughs> as people will know, I'm I'm quite obtuse in some of these arguments. Yeah. <laughs> it's a hill to die on, and it's not always the right hill. <laughs> <laughs> but no, I think I think musically, yes, they had an impact, but they weren't necessarily. It didn't necessarily have the same impact that people say that they've had. No, of course, everyone looks at history and and romanticizes it or makes it well. I'm gonna bigger than up, it was, but I'm going to pull up a BoJack Horseman quote here. You know, sometimes when you look through Rose Tinted's glasses, the red flags that you're seeing are just red flags. Yeah, yeah, it's, but like, but the 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 thing is, is you're pretending that you're arguing with someone who is saying that they're the most influential band of all time, but you're not. I'm just saying that they clearly were really influential and they clearly were really important and I am a massive fan but I'm not going to pretend that they're as influential as someone as like I'm not going to pretend they're more influential than say someone like Elvis or Bowie who I would put them all on the same level as being so influential I would say I would I'll concede this point the Beatles were probably influential in terms of songwriting I think musically Musically, they did a couple of things that were new. Production-wise, definitely. Production-wise, yeah. But production, uh, production, the influences come from the producers, not necessarily mm. from the Beatles. Yeah, but Lennon and McCartney worked really, really closely with their producers. Yeah, but as I've already established, I don't care what Lennon and McCartney did. <laughs> I'd much prefer to hear about George Harrison, who was the talented one of the Beatles. Yeah, fair, fair. I mean, I, I think was, I'd like. To I think that that's a that, that's a general consensus now as well that everyone loves George Harrison. Well, yeah, he funded Life of Brian. Yeah, he did. And appeared in Life of Brian. <laughs> so he's had more of a cultural impact in my eyes. Yeah, but that's the point. That's the point I'm making. Your eyes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, fair enough. This is this is very much like a single crusade. <laughs> I'm flying the flag for fuck the Beatles. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Episode title like, right there. Because, like, I don't mind, like, uh, um... We're getting onto a topic about influence and stuff like that, but so we will get back to the album, I swear to anyone listening. But like, it, it you just got to take into account as well is the subculture you belong in, or or what you're aware of as well, because like you could also talk about how influential people are. Like, people talk about how influential the Beatles were because of how many people there that viewed them, um, which was a lot, and they were the pop music of the time, and they obviously young people of the time who grew up and had kids and told, talked to their kids about the Beatles. There was a lot of them, so people are all hearing this through a biased point of view, and that's, that's the way it works. And obviously, you can go into it more more factual conversations, and obviously, they still had a big influence there. But yeah, but like, yeah, you just have to take into account the subculture and who grows up and who tells their kids what and like. People forget about stuff like James Brown. Obviously, a load of people don't forget about stuff like um, the the influence James Brown has. But a load of people aren't aware of it as well because you're not in the subculture. When you talk about James Brown and like 
his music his funk and his dancing that actually you know became a massive influence on stuff like uh, break dancing and hip-hop um not everyone will know about how massively influential he was but it's just well, because it hits a wider scope a wider audience speaking of james brown and sort of culture impact uh, did you ever watch the film uh, when we were kings which is the documentary about uh, rumble in the jungle no i haven't seen that now well, it was um, so Rum in the Jungle, for anyone who doesn't know, is uh, Muhammad Ali versus George Foreman. Um, mm. Ali sort of coming back after being out of boxing for several years because he refused to be drafted into the Vietnam War. Yeah. Um, he embedded himself in African culture and became sort of hailed as an icon um, throughout that period where George Foreman was very standoffish and didn't get that same level of appreciation. Uh, but throughout that whole film, a lot of it culminates with um, a massive concert beforehand, which had James Brown on it. Right. And his music is a massive on that whole thing. And it was massive in sort of bringing the popularity of that fight up as well. Yeah. Bear in mind, it was going to be a big fight anyway. And people, that does have a culture impact because people will still sit there and talk about rope dope and things like that. Yeah. Uh, which was Muhammad Ali's technique of sort of leaning against the ropes moving yeah. away from the punches or taking the absorbing the body shots at least from george foreman and yeah it's a people check out that fight welcome to the boxing podcast <laughs> where, we talk, where we talk about classic fights from history um, also check out arturo gatti versus mickey ward any of the trilogy they're all good fights mm. <laughs> <laughs> it's cool i'll move on to mma next uh so if you want any good mma fights rory mcdonald versus robbie lawler too bloodiest fight in history it's beautiful <laughs> See that guy's. I think that just... says so much about you. Bloodiest fight in history was beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, fair enough. I, <laughs> despite despite <laughs> spending all of my life going, I'm not a natural stereotype. I sit there and go, yeah, blood and guts. They fought each other. Ooh, because <laughs> <laughs> that's how I assume that us males have got to act. There were yeah. blood. It were like gladiators. <laughs> it were awesome. <laughs> um, but no, I, I I can like less less physical pursuits. Yeah, I mean, that's fair Maybe. enough. I don't know. Yeah. I can try it at some point. <laughs> <laughs> Very doesn't know, I'm half jock, half nerd. <laughs> I describe myself. I've got one foot in either camp. Yeah. Good way to be. <laughs> so, now to, bring, <laughs> to, to take us off this tangent that I clearly started and <laughs> forced us down this path <laughs> of our videos, let's go back to the album. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> my... In my radio voice. Hello. Welcome. I don't know. It's sinister. I don't like it. It's a very sinister voice. I describe it sexual. Hello. And therefore, so you describe your radio voice, your professional radio voice, as sexual. Yeah. That would go well on a CV. That's why they call it sexual green. That's why what? Sorry? Why they call it sexual green. They call you sexual green. <laughs> Rink, green. Rinky Dink, the sexual green. <laughs> Rinky Dink has another new nickname, which is the A with this whole podcast. I just want a nickname. It wasn't about my intelligence at all. But hello, <laughs> we are here on Radio One. <laughs> We're not on Radio One. Can you feel the Let's juice? Not lie. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not gonna oh, sit God. here and pretend. I've <laughs> torpedo. Well, actually, saying that, Alice Levine, she's just left Radio One. So, oh, so we could take that spot. Yeah, there's a gap in the market. There you go. Send this clip over with your <laughs> sexual voice. What would be your radio voice? 
Uh, I'm, no, I'm, I'm not going to play into that. <laughs> My radio voice is the normal Janna voice that I have right now, which is completely unbearable. Here, I'm on the radio, Bird. <laughs> <laughs> Get on, by, I'm on the radio. <laughs> Whereas I, I, was, I much prefer these soothing tones, which will vibrate in panties across the nation. <laughs> <laughs> what have I done? <laughs> have I done it again? Um, yeah, you've done it again. Yes. <laughs> the whole aim of this podcast is just to let me loose <laughs> and burn down everything in my path. <laughs> oh, it's a good job we're not in a council culture environment, eh? <laughs> a lot of the time, I feel like I've, I've found myself in a reverse zoo. It's like a, a social experiment where I put myself safely in the confines of a cage while <laughs> <laughs> while the gorilla runs rampant around me. You call me a gorilla? <laughs> I find that offensive. <laughs> <laughs> I'm much more like a gazelle. You're much <laughs> Again, we're going back to perception. <laughs> <laughs> no, I am definitely a gazelle. That's that's fact. <laughs> Not even perception based. Anybody who knows me would say, despite being a bit on the tubby side, he's a beautiful gazelle of a man. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I go, oh, my mate, Jake. You know Jake. They're like, oh, I don't know who you're talking about. I'm like, oh, you know the gazelle. And they're like, oh, Jake. Oh, yeah, I can see him. <laughs> I can see him flying across the plains of the savannah at a gallop. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, you're up. talking about you're talking about majestic Jake. Yeah. Yes, the pure majesty of that man. <laughs> <laughs> this, ladies and gentlemen, is why I can't walk through doors. My head is so big. Of <laughs> arrogance. We talk about Ian Brown being an arrogant motherfucker. I think you okay. two would get along. <laughs> oh no, I, it's arrogance hates arrogance. That's the uh, weird thing. Spot is that how it goes? Is that, and that's why you hate the Beatles? I would less say describe them as arrogant. I'd describe them as cunts. <laughs> oh, my goodness. <laughs> oh, come on. You can't sit there and go, well, McCartney, not a cunt. Look, he fucking... <laughs> he, he has written one minute of good music. Right, it doesn't make him a cunt of a human being, even if that's true. <laughs> one minute of good music. Plus, he fucked a crazy peg leg woman. Oh, my goodness, man. <laughs> one minute of good music. Do you want to know what that one minute was? Go on, what's your opinion on that one minute of good music? <laughs> I can see you've lost control here, haven't you? You're supposed to be here to let me in. <laughs> no, I'm just so disappointed. I'm just... I'm, the just, one mi- I'm sad. People can probably hear my voice lower in complete sadness and shame. <laughs> so that one minute of good music, it wasn't a beat of a song. It was a song right. by Wings. Okay. It was, oh god, I was going to make a really old joke then about Linda McCartney, but I thought, bro, <laughs> no, 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 no. <laughs> An old joke, people, which was <laughs> no, don't say the joke. Don't like we just said, you were going to say the joke. We're moving past that. We're better men than that. <laughs> it was somewhat misogynistic in a way, but the old joke was basically around Linda McCartney wasn't a great singer, mm. but she would always try and sing. So it was what you call a pig with wings. Oh Linda McCartney. <laughs> I, I've tanked it. I've done it. I've finally destroyed the episodes. We're going to lock them in a vault and burn them so nobody hears them. But the one minute of good music was Band on the Run. Oh, wow. Which I they're... wouldn't have thought you'd like that song, actually. I, don't, I like one minute of that song. Oh, right, yeah, good point. <laughs> the rest of the song is trash. <laughs> it's a terrible fucking song. So what about... So wait, so not Eleanor Rigby... That's not good music to you. No. Nor has come together. 
Wow. I swear you used to like Eleanor Rigby. That's it was, a... It's a difference. I could tolerate Eleanor, Eleanor Rigby. Right. Doesn't necessarily mean I like it. Okay, fair. fair just like fair. just like I tolerate my father. <laughs> Doesn't necessarily mean... Oh, God, all right. I... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, it's suddenly clear in my head. I understand. Okay. Right, so... <laughs> so, um, Band on the Run. Not the intro. I think it's the second part of the song, if I remember rightly, where it goes into that heavy riff where it's like... That's really good, up until the keys come in from Linda McCartney, and then he starts... Then it goes off that riff, and he starts singing about being a band on the run. And I'm like, fuck off, McCartney! (laughs) I just can't wait for... One day, like, if we do make it, um, which would be... (laughs) There's no way about it, let's face it. Based purely on this podcast. I love that there's just going to be a a hit list of um, celebrities that want your head. (laughs) Oh, do you remember how Deadpool gets his name from the list of people they reckon is going to die next? The Deadpool up above the bar. Mm -hmm. That's what it's like for me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) He's the next to die. Ozzy's going to last forever. (laughs) McCartney. I'll give him six months. Oh, wow. <laughs> so might be I hope I hope you're really going to be like really shameful if that happens now. Not that we believe in fate or anything, but you know, it's not nice to say these bad things about people. They're just making music, man. They're just trying to. They're just. I sounded like such a hippie then, as I said that. They're no, just man. making music, man. <laughs> just make beautiful colors, man. Yeah, you would have got on with like you know seventies beers, wouldn't you? <laughs> <laughs> I did. I do. I love. I love psychedelic beaters is my favorite kind of beaters sat there with your fucking yogis <laughs> show me how to do transcendental meditation man <laughs> fuck off <laughs> go write some music like actual music you cunts <laughs> don't just take four four pentatonic runs all right <laughs> bullshit all i want is three chords i want three chords and i want them to be played power chords and i want them to be violent <laughs> <laughs> you want them to be violent yeah i just i it's. Uh, I think my issue with them is I always want bands to have, and again, this can be a very male-centric statement, I want bands to have balls. Right. I want them to be in your face, spitting and snarling. Right. Motorhead wouldn't have made it if they sang fucking, you know, Hold My Hand or whatever, would they? No, completely, but that's different times. <laughs> not really. Lemmy's been around since the dawn of time. <laughs> up, until, <laughs> up until recently, where he's not been seen in the last couple of years, but we just assume he's taking a hiatus from the earth. Yeah. But, um... <laughs> <laughs> it does say something about me, doesn't it, really? Yeah, it does. <laughs> I'm more of a punk rocker. Yeah, I get that. Like, it's, 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 it's perfectly understandable to not like the Beatles. I mean, like, like I said, I, I've never been a fan of bands like Manic Street Preachers, but, like, where me and you differ is I can still appreciate the history and the the talent and the um impact and like without enjoying the music i can understand why people love them which is different with the beatles because i do love the beatles but this is where i'm talking about the difference there's a logical misstep on your idealism here though what's that you assume that history is not written by the winners you assume that history is neutral no i'm not assuming that at all you totally are. Look no, at you. No, I'm not. No, I'm Look not. I'm not I mean, that's like saying that you're you're saying I like the Beatles and I love the Beatles just because everyone else loves them. I'm just, they... wait... I'm just waiting for you to tell me that all the bombing in Vietnam was necessary. 
No, whoa, 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 <laughs> let's not. No. <laughs> to be clear, yeah, my stance is no bombing of any kind is necessary. <laughs> Hiroshima, we had to do that. No, oh no, let's not get on that. Nagasaki, <laughs> it was needed. No, and and for it's anybody who doesn't understand Jake's form of sarcasm, he is he does not believe these things. <laughs> Are you speaking for me, man? <laughs> I'm, on this. I'm trying to save you. <laughs> Nobody can save me but myself. I've learned that the hard way. Funnily <laughs> enough, speaking about that, and yes, bombings not necessary, and there are probably people. Well, we already know what the listenership is. There's probably people who aren't listening, but may listen eventually in the future. Who are like, well, no, the bombings were necessary. No, no, they fucking weren't. But and mm. um, same goes for Vietnam, the Iraq wars. Anyway, yeah, I'm a pacifist, but yeah. I'm also he likes to be snarling in people's faces it's dichotomy i understand yeah um going back to the manix though uh i think i'm right in saying it's their first single it's the first single with a music video i know that much mm-hmm. um motown junk that had a line about the beat was in it oh really what was yeah. that after when lennon got shot yeah what is it I just told you, I laughed when Lennon got shot. Oh, you laughed. I, was, I thought you said after Lennon got shot. I was like, well, yeah, of course they wrote it after Lennon got shot. Oh, no, no. <laughs> Where are you going? I laughed when Lennon got shot. 21 years of living. Nothing means anything to me. Motown junk, lifetime slavery. Yeah, but isn't, aren't those lyrics ironic? Or like... Um, it was their statement at the time. I, I think at the time they believed it. But I'm pretty sure... I could be wrong in saying this, but I'm pretty sure when they sing it nowadays, they don't have that lyric. Right. I think they've sort of changed over time. Fair, 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 fair. But I remember hearing that for the first time and going, yes! (laughs) (laughs) And also, anyone who listens to this podcast, they've just got me singing. (laughs) Yeah, there you go, yeah. To prove it. There you go, that's a a rare one right there. (laughs) Going back to the album... (laughs) (laughs) because <laughs> uh, i realized i sidetracked us with my radio voice mm. Ooh, hello there <laughs> so going back to the album it's time we do it's time we do the deal favorite the, songs the, the favorite song well i think um it's our favorite songs oh yeah <laughs> that's our little... <laughs> that little segment leading into it yeah um... you sound like um uh, macho man randy savage oh yeah mm-hmm. Cream of the songs. <laughs> Step into a Slim Jims. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I'd like to think that's the only impression I can do. <laughs> if, if you want, I can... Like, I, you'd like to think that, yeah. Well, I thought <laughs> it was the right impression. <laughs> I might be able to do a little bit of Dusty Rhodes, I don't know. But... It's better than any I could do. Um, um, yes. <laughs> <laughs> Austin anyway. says, I just whooped your ass. I can't do an Austin. I, I think your favourite song, I think you've already made it clear, but I reckon your favourite song is Serotonin. Yeah. Yep. And two songs, uh, to be fair. Pardon? There's two there, so equal on my eyes. So the other one I actually originally was going to go for, um, I've got to look back at the list now, um, is Kill Me By Inches, was the other song I thought you were going to pick. You're close. Ooh. You're close, at least in terms of musically. Like, I love that song. Right. I do love that song. If I'm listening to the song, there is what one. If I'm listening to that album, there's one, two, three. There's four songs that I would pick out that I immediately want to listen to. Yeah. Which okay. I think Head and Shoulders, but everything else. Kill Me by Inches is one of them. Mm-hmm. Um, 
Betting you you is the other one. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, and for people who just didn't spot that, Connor was trying to hide his microphone so he could cough without anybody hearing. Oh, did it, it fail? It oh, failed no. massively. All we could hear was like you rattling around in the background, and then going. Someone, Ugh. someone, someone's got to try and be professional. <laughs> hey, I had to cough. I muted my mic. Uh, I can't mute this mic. At least yeah. I don't know how. You should try better. <laughs> I'm sorry. Um, but better, better new you is the other one out of that four. But there's one, one left. Right. I'll give you a clue. It's it starts with the same letter as serotonin. Oh well, then that should be easy. Swarm. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It was a song that introduced me to them. Um, right. I think yeah. it's got our vocals are brilliant in it, and Sasha's vocals. And yeah, yeah. Serotonin is my favorite though because it speaks to everything about me. It speaks about depression. Talks about yeah. Um, Sarah, I mean, I completely understand. Uh, serotonin, as well, for people who don't know, is um, there's a white house belief that that's part of what causes depression, so a lack of serotonin. Yeah, I mean, they, isn't there something in it's? There's something in like lobsters they found that. Um, uh, no, 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 no. This, this does. This, <laughs> this is this is me. Like, I love that. I'm about to try and say. So, I'm about to try and say something intelligent, and the first thing I go is, yeah, isn't that about lobsters that they found? No, but it's supposed to. Um, <laughs> it's a chemical. It's a chemical that um, they studied lobsters and found a lot about from studying lobsters. Which is, um, I think it's to do with the more serotonin you have is when you're the victor and when you have more mates and everything like that. And it helps your, it does physical stuff like it, you, you stand up straighter and uh, everything like that. It's, it's supposed to do the more serotonin you have, the more chemically balanced your brain is to be happier sort of so thing. The key thing to take away from this is the main drugs that we put for depression or antidepressants are SSRIs, which are serotonin reuptake inhibitors. Right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, those are to help correct your balance. Um, so anyone who's been on sertraline, citalopram, anything like that. Yeah. It's, uh, so that's why the song title immediately jumps out at me. Um, whereas, yeah, mine is a selective serotonin reuptake in- inhibitor. Fair. I don't know the difference. I don't, I don't care. know the difference. Fair. <laughs> I know it take my happy pills and they make relatively little difference. Yeah. <laughs> but I mean, um, yeah. I'm just, uh, uh, I, 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 I tried with the lobster thing and it failed. <laughs> you threw a pitch out, it didn't quite work. No. It happens to the best of us. Yeah, 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 it does. It does. Not I'm me. I'm not so going to pretend to be smart. I'm not smart. I am. I know some things about some things, and that's it. <laughs> I know facts. All right, so tell me a fact, Jake. What's my favourite song on the album? <laughs> oh, I see what you did there. I was hoping you were just going to leave it at tell me a fact. Because I've got tons of them. Oxford wrestling was big in the 50s in America. <laughs> I'm going to read you. I haven't thought of this in advance, by the way. It's just something that I've I've just loved did the you, idea of it. Did, for, you, say, did you say octopus wrestling? Octopus wrestling, yes. So a diver would go in and grapple with an octopus in shallow water and drag it to the surface. Well, so it's not two octopuses wrestling. It's a, a man and an Octo- octopus. Octopi, I think. I'm sorry. (laughs) (laughs) You know, my stone lecturer voice. I'm coming out with all sorts of... uh... (laughs) That's what I could do, actually. Rather than calling my my sexy voice my radio voice, I'm calling my lecturer voice instead. Okay, okay. We've got a lecturer voice, and we've got a lecturer voice. (laughs) (laughs) For those who like, yeah, (laughs) those who like the English language. (laughs) Um, (laughs) No, it wasn't octopus versus octopus. 
Um, but there is an octopus wrestling, a world octopus wrestling world championship, or no, world octopus wrestling championship. Sorry, and they basically divers dove in. They had to grapple with the octopus and get it to the surface. What? You think I'm making this up? No, I don't think you're making this up. That's the thing. I have a, 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 enough <laughs> knowledge about the human race now to understand that that's something that's definitely happened. I just never, it never entered my brain as something that did happen. So the the World Octopus Wrestling Championship, um, this actually took place in the 60s, but it was more of a spectator sport in the 50s. Um, 111 divers took place, or took part in it, sorry. And you went there was a grand total of giant Pacific octopuses. Octopuses is the correct plural, by the way. I was just being facetious. Okay. Um, do you want to know how many they managed to capture that day? How many? 25. Oh, my goodness. And uh, what they, giant, giant octopus, since. giant Pacific octopus. So I'm not too sure how much that it ranges anywhere between four to fifty seven pounds that they caught. Mm. Um, but there was a deal. There was a deal for them to uh, televise the championship. But they didn't catch sufficient octopus to really interest people. <laughs> <laughs> what? I, I'm I gonna... can't believe it. It sounds like a foolproof plan. <laughs> I am going to read you the greatest quote. It's from an article about a man named uh, O'Rourke, who is the father of octopus wrestling. Right. Um, <laughs> I've had to bring this up because it's one of my favourite quotes of all time <laughs> about anything. <laughs> you know, some people sit there and go, oh, yeah, my favourite quote is to be or not to be or, you know. All that kind of nonsense. They all start throwing Shakespeare. No, mine's about octopus wrestling from 1964. <laughs> <laughs> so this is done by uh, H. Allen Smith, who wrote an article for True magazine in 1964. So all this while O'Rourke was becoming perhaps the world's greatest authority on the thought processes and the personality of the octopus. He knew how to outmaneuver them, to outflank them, to outthink them. He knew full well many years ago what today's octopus wrestlers are just beginning to learn. Today's octopus wrestlers. Wait, is this, is this is an ongoing thing. No, no, this is 1964. He wrote this. In. Oh, right. Yes, of course. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. This is just after the World Championships. Uh, <laughs> it gets so much better. Beginning to learn that it is impossible for a man with two arms to apply full Nelson on an octopus. <laughs> <laughs> he knew well the futility of trying to try for a crotch hold on an opponent with eight crotches. <laughs> <laughs> I've killed Connor. <laughs> That's the best thing I've ever heard. You know what I mean? Greatest quote about anything. Oh my goodness. I'm so glad you've gone on this tangent. I'm so glad I asked for a fact. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Futility of trying for a crotch hold on an opponent with eight crotches. Everything <laughs> about that is insane. It's <laughs> amazing, isn't it? And that got published, like <laughs> that got published in True Magazine in 1964. Oh my goodness, the 60s were wild, man. <laughs> <laughs> you can tell it's I from. I can't can believe America. that they tried to make octopus wrestling a, a proper sport. That's that's so weird and wrong on multiple different levels. I'm pretty sure it would have started as like a crossover thing because like two of the biggest spectator sports around that sort of time would have been uh, boxing and pro wrestling. Right. So pro wrestling, uh, I don't know what the stats were in the 60s so much for viewership, but it was you know one of the largest uh, cable or terrestrial coverages and each area had their own territory where that we showed on TV. So I reckon if somebody had gone, well, wrestling is a big deal. You know, we're looking at, you know, 
Frank Gotch or Carl Gotch rather, not Frank Gotch. Who's Frank Gotch? Why am I thinking of Frank? Who's Frank? No, Carl... stay on the tangent. Don't don't go on another tangent. <laughs> Tell me who Frank Gotch is. Oh no, it is Frank Gotch. What am I fucking talking about? No one knows, Jake. This, well, this is... Frank, Frank, Frank Gotch was also a professional wrestler, but Carl Gotch is probably the more famous one because he was you know, listed as the god of wrestling. Mm. Um, but sort of in the 60s, as the NWA was still around, so he had guys like Luthers and that as well. So I reckon somebody was watching their pro wrestling at some point and going, I know what we'll do. There's an ocean area. I bet you there's an octopus. Let's go wrestle the octopus. And they can imagine, like, you know, somebody hitting, like, the tombstone pile driver on an octopus. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> somebody choke slamming an octopus. Oh, my. I don't think that's what they're doing. They were doing more sort of catch, catch as catch can style wrestling. So Greco-Roman wrestling with the octopus. Still sounds horrible. <laughs> it sounds absolutely horrible and weird. And Do you who have... would watch that? <laughs> Apparently people did. Madness. <laughs> it made money. But Anything have... ever. Do you reckon you could take out an octopus? Not even, no, no, not even slightly. Just remember, though, don't go for a phone house or a crotch hold. No, I, I will keep that in mind. That's good, <laughs> useful information to know. You know, all the all the times I've I've seen an octopus and just been terrified and known, oh my goodness, I definitely can't do a phone Nelson on them. I don't know how else I'm going to win this fight. Um, Whatever you do as well, don't try for a low blow. Don't like do a Ric Flair. No, know, yeah, okay, yeah. Head. Yeah. because i don't know if they've got external genitalia i don't imagine <laughs> they do i don't think they do no um <laughs> your favorite song yeah my favorite song i i reckon it's going to be something that's got a bit more of a dance in it have you already mentioned your song no i haven't mentioned my favorite song okay so this is harder on this one because i don't know whether yours is going to be something like underling but you've already mentioned that, or power and paraphernalia, or is it? This is hard. I don't like the way you're looking at me now either. <laughs> that look in your eyes of like, I know something you don't know. <laughs> what do you know? You're very what? musical today, Jake. You're very musical. And I'm With sober. Your... <laughs> this is what happens. I bust out into musical. One boy, boy for sale. He's going to. Only seven guineas. That's all they're about. (laughs) It's amazing. I could sing that back when I was 12 than I can now, and my balls have dropped since then. (laughs) At least I assume they have. I don't know. I could be like a castrati. I could be... (laughs) Or castrati, however you pronounce it. Those were the singers who had their... uh, had their nuts destroyed. Back to the song. Oh yeah, we're doing this thing here, aren't we? Yeah. This is gonna be our longest episode yet because it's just me going off on things. I know we've still got another album. Myth, the safest for another time. No, we're gonna do that other fucking album. We're gonna do it good. Okay. We're gonna do it good. <laughs> Underling, I'm going for. You would be wrong, my friend. I know I'm wrong. So basically, yeah. um, I I enjoy the whole album quite a lot, and to be honest, the whole album for me sits at a every song sits at a very similar level because I do like all of it and I like all of the experiments and they do. Um, despite the fact that I do find it more interesting when they do go into the more corn-like sound, um, Ooh, I've, gone, I've, I've gone for a, a song that actually isn't like that at all. 
um, which is it's one of their more straightforward songs. But I did I did bop my head to it all the way through. So um, it's called Hard Fanatic. That one. Okay, Arsenal pick. Yeah, I I just really enjoyed it. I think it's because it's got this same rumbling, consistent beat going all the way through it, and they um, they basically play the whole song around that. And I love her vocals in that song. I love her vocals in the whole album. I don't know. For me, that song, maybe it just hit me in the right time because I do like the whole album about the same as much as you have ever, but, but that song stood out to me. Fair enough. Yeah. I was the same pretty much for the four songs that I mentioned. Like, out of the entire album, the album is mostly consistent on quality. Those were the four that stood out to me. Yeah. Um. So what we'll do then, firstly, before we go on to your album, let's have one thing to say. Mad Young Darlings. If you are still, I don't know why I say darlings in a really flowery way. Imagine darlings. Hello, darlings. <laughs> I say it like proper British aristocracy. So, imagine <laughs> darlings. If you are, if you are still around, if you're still out there, still alive, still listening. Not to this. I don't know why I'm suggesting you are. That would be a terrible idea. Don't listen to this. It's <laughs> awful. Um, if you are around, come back. You're amazing. Yeah, make another album because this was really good, really, really good album, and people should listen to it. And go outside of Canada, for fuck's sake. Nobody wants to be there with the crazy Canucks. I know they've got Tim Hortons <laughs> and all that. Come over here. We'll take I you like in the Canada. UK. I like Canada a lot. It's a nice place. I'm not saying it's not, but they've got flappy heads and beady eyes. <laughs> if right and... yeah. <laughs> if you, you get all your education from South Park, then yeah. <laughs> yeah, particularly Kyle's mum. <laughs> with all the beady little eyes and flappy heads. <laughs> Blame Canada. <laughs> All I can think of now is let me finish. Let me finish. I'm finished. <laughs> oh, you're right. I have gone weird this episode. Yeah. It's-